to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 26th of November 2017, entitled Finding Comfort, and the Bible reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's Word as we read from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints, which are all in all Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Ye also, helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Father, thank you again for your word this evening. We pray, Lord, that you take and use these next moments that we have together to speak to our hearts from this passage. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Many times as Christians, especially in the flesh, we often ask ourselves, why? <laughs> Why, why, God? Why, why am I facing this trouble? Why am I facing this tribulation? I'm really, I'm trying so hard. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do what's right. Why does this have to be upon me right now? Well, the Bible is very clear in so many ways. I mean, trouble and tribulation is a part of this life. The difference is, is that as a non-believer, a person has to face all the troubles this world throws at them in their own strength. But we find the Apostle Paul here in writing to the church, he's encouraging them not to look to themselves, but but to look to God, not to depend upon their strength, but to depend upon God's strength. And of course, he says there in in verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth, comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble 
by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. The word comfort is often used in the same sense that we find this other word right down through these other verses, consolation, consolation, consolation. It's used in that sense of consolation or or sometimes as, as, as encouragement or exhortation and cheer, uh, the very thing of us coming together, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. It's all part of that same idea of comforting, of encouraging one another because everybody has burdens that they have to carry. And the Bible makes it very, very clear here. We have to always keep that confidence of knowing that God is in control. He's making it clear here that sometimes we go through those troubles and those difficulties that God can comfort us so that we can then be a comfort to somebody else, that we can be that consolation to somebody else because we have been there, we have faced that, we have troubled that. And I've many, many, many times been encouraged that if God is allowing me to go through this difficulty, it is for a reason. And time again, I'm sure just as you, that maybe you didn't understand it at the time. But maybe somewhere down the road there was somebody else that was going through a very similar situation and maybe they were even in worse shape and they were bearing down under that thing and God used you to be their consolation, to be their comfort. We find that in this passage it really comes from the Greek word paraklesis. Now does that remind you of another word that we talk about sometime? What was it that Jesus promised in John chapter 14 that paraclete that would come alongside us. And that's exactly the word that is translated here in our Bibles as, as, as comfort. It denotes that, that, that coming alongside of another. That's the way that that, that comfort is, is given there. And here the idea of encouragement is with the view of being able to alleviate grief or sufferings that one might be able uh, to go through. When, when trouble comes our way, and it will, and it will continue to come. We've got to be able to find comfort in the right places. There is no question, if you're not facing troubles, if you're not facing discouragements, if you're not facing things right now, then don't worry. It's just around the corner. It will be there. Things happen. And, th and that's one of the things that's challenging for us in this life. But this evening, I just I want to give you from this passage right here, I think that we can pick at least three things out, and, 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 and the simple thought this evening is finding comfort. When you really feel that, you know, that, that, that you're doing your best, and yet you find that things are just going so wrong for you, where do you seek that comfort? You see, this is where that so many people, and this is where so many times the Christians will stumble and fall because when things get tough, what's the old saying? When things get tough, the tough get going. Well, the thing is, when things get tough so many times, that's when people will fall by the wayside. They get to struggling. They fall under those things because they begin to look to the world for their comfort. They're looking in the wrong places. They're seeking that comfort. And, and sometimes they may find a little bit for a little time, but I can promise you it won't endure. It won't last. But when we go through them as the Bible is teaching us here, I believe that he shows us some things. And first of all, he makes it very, very clear here that our comfort will come from God. 
Our comfort will come from God. That's the first thing that we need to realize is that, is that when we're burdened down and when we're needing to find comfort, the first place, and, and, and really the songwriter could not have put it more beautifully, I think, than that great old, old, old song that's in, our, that's in our hymn book there, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. <laughs> Look full in His wonderful face. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that's, and that's so much, you know, the first place that we need to look is to the Savior. Don't look to the world. Don't look to those sometimes well-meaning friends just like that, uh, uh, that Job had around him, and yet they weren't really bringing him the, uh, uh, the kind of comfort that, that he needed. In Matthew chapter 11 and in verse 28, the word of God that is recorded for us is Jesus himself speaking to us and saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, the Savior, he's the place that we should turn to first, not as a last resort. So many times it's a last resort when people finally call upon God because they just can't do it anymore themselves instead of turning to him first, looking to him first. The comforts that he gives, he comforts from a from a life of experience. Notice, first of all, what he says back in uh, a very familiar passage that is one that we have read many times, especially even when, when coming around the, uh, the Lord's table and whatnot. In, in Isaiah chapter, chapter 53, Isaiah, I should say here, Isaiah chapter, chapter 53. And notice what he says there in verse 3 of that chapter. It says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Jesus Christ himself is who is being described here. Why did Jesus go through many of the things that he went through? Look with me, if you would, into the New Testament and look to the book of Hebrews Chapter 11, again, a familiar, I mean, chapter 4, a familiar passage of Scripture. But so many times when the troubles are there, even though these familiar verses are there, we've heard them so many times, we just fail to depend upon them. In Hebrews chapter 4, notice he says in verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our professions. Yes, the burden might be, get heavy. Yes, it might get difficult. Jesus says, come unto me. The Bible tells us that he says that we have this great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Let us hold fast our profession. It's not a time to give up. It's a time to hold to him. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us, therefore, come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The first place that we could turn to is Jesus Christ. There's nobody that went through more that he didn't deserve than Jesus Christ. Why did Jesus go through these things? The Bible says now as he's there in heaven as our great high priest, we don't have to go to anybody else. You don't have to come to the preacher. We don't have to go to the priest. We don't have to go to anybody else to get to the throne room. We go to Jesus Christ himself directly. He went through all of those things that he went through, not just because that there was no reason, but he went through everything that you might have to go through. You see, the Savior helps you from his own experience. He was there. He felt it. He came. He lived on this earth. He was despised like no other, and yet he's there now for you to be able to go to in your time of need. So the first place to go don't let it be the less. When, man, when that burden starts coming and, and things start needing and you just need some comfort, some consolation, some encouragement, you need that one to come alongside you and be a help to you, the first place to look is to the Savior. Notice also what it says in Galatians. You see, Jesus doesn't just help like so many times in this life, people have the best of intentions. They'll do this or they'll do that. But in the end, people will let you down. See, even though they maybe want to do something sometime, they just don't have the ability to. You see, two little things about the Savior when you turn to him, he comforts from a life of experience, and he comforts with a view of deliverance. He wants to deliver you. You ever tried to get the message through to your own children sometimes? When, when they're going through difficult times and you just want to be there and you want to help them and you know that maybe they're making some really stupid choices and they're making some decisions they ought not to make and, 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 and you just want to help them and you try to show them, do you understand? There's none of your friends out there. There's none of those people that you're turning to that love you as much as I love you. Nobody cares more for you. Nobody wants you to be able to get through this, to be strong. Nobody wants it more than I do as your parent. Nobody wants it more for you than Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you. Jesus went through all the things that he went through in this life to taste the things that you would go through so that one day you know when you go to him now as your high priest, he's there, he's faced these things, but he did it without sin, and he's there for you. We look to him. He comforts, but he does it with the view he wants to deliver you. In Galatians chapter 1, notice what it says beginning in verse 3. He says, Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins. Notice what he says. Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. To him be glory forever and ever. Jesus died for you. Jesus saved your soul, not just to deliver you one day in the, in the future when we know and we can count on that, but he says that he might deliver you right now in this present evil world. When you've got Christ within, you have got an eternity with him, but you've got him right now, and whatever that problem might be, however heavy that it might be, you've got him with you right now. And then the Apostle Paul, when he was writing to, uh, to young Timothy 
In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we find picking up in verse 16 there, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, he says, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Have you ever been there? I, you know, sometimes we just kind of enjoy having a little pity party and feeling sorry for ourselves, but sometimes you've probably been that same place that I certainly have. I've been there when I felt like that there was nobody standing with me. He says, my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. God, I don't, I don't want to get even with them because they weren't there to help me, because they let me down. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory and to glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, when you need to be comforted, there is nowhere that you could look before you look to the Savior. You look to Him. There's nobody that wants you more from experience, yes, but with an idea to deliver you. He wants to lift you out of that problem. Nobody wants for you better than what Jesus Christ does. So when you feel in the weight of that burden, whatever that it might be, find comfort with the Savior. Find comfort with the Savior. But may I say to you that it's not just with the Savior. All these things that we read here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and the things that we're reading since this, do you see, you don't just find comfort with the Savior. You find comfort with the Scriptures, with the Word of God. You know, don't listen. I mean, there's a lot of comforting thing that the world can give to you. There are no words that you can count on more than the Word of God. The book of Romans. Next to the last chapter in Romans, Romans chapter 15. He says there in verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Whatever things were written before. They were written for us. They were written that, er, written that we might learn that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. You see, Paul was writing to the church at Corinth when he was telling them not to depend upon God, not to depend upon themselves, but to depend upon God. When he was saying, maybe God's got this going through it so you can help someone else. The fact is, it was the Word of God, it was the Scriptures that were being recorded there. And the Bible tells us very clearly here that everything that's written, it's written for us. Even though it was written all those thousands of years ago, it was written for us right now, right here in the present, that we might have the comfort of Scriptures. We can count on God's Word. We know His Word's going to be right. Comfort by what God has recorded for us there. You know, it was Daniel. <laughs> he faced some pretty big battles in, in this life himself. And in Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, notice, notice what it says picking up in verse, in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. 
If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. The temptation was before them. They wouldn't have to go through this, this, this fiery furnace. They wouldn't have to go through this tribulation in this world, in this life, if they would just compromise with their God. <laughs> if they would just, just, just back down from the things that, that they were saying that their God wanted. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. And the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. All they had to do, just bow down to the king. All they had to do was compromise their faith in their God. But no, they stood. But you don't have to do this. You won't have to go through this. Do you understand? We're going to throw you in that fiery furnace that's been heated seven times hotter than it was ever even meant to be heated. You don't have to do that if you'll just... Compromise a little bit. Oh, the king was pretty upset over all that. The king was really, really mad. Therefore, it says in verse 22, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That furnace was so hot that when they tried to get close enough to, to toss these guys into it, they were the ones that got burned up just being on the edge of it. And these three men... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and he rose up in the haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is, is likened to the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. And the princes governors and captains, the king's counselors being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. It would have been so easy for them. I mean, that doesn't make sense. And I mean, most people today think that's just fairy tales. I'm saying to you that today, 
the day that you and I live in, we still have the same God, the same promises of God. We don't have to fear what man can do to us. We find that sometimes the temptation will be there to bow down to the people, to give them what they're asking of us. But the truth is, is that if we stand only then, only then, sometimes, sometimes in the midst, I mean, I don't think that you'll pass through a, a fiery trial that could be any more fiery than what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were going through there. And yet there, because of them going through the fire, only then did Nebuchadnezzar see the one that was likened to the Son of God. Only then because, yes, their God was right there with them in that fire. He was the one that protected them. That's the same God that we still have today. The Word of God gives you that same promise. The Word of God is recorded for you. How that God did this, He recorded it to you. And in Acts chapter 5 and verse 18, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. You see, the apostles went through the fire in the New Testament. He says, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And we could read more and more and more accounts. I'm just saying, Old Testament, New Testament, God's still God. Do you need comfort? We all need it at times. First step, first place, first stop always is the Savior. And secondly, it's the Scriptures. Comforted by what is recorded here, just like we find in these passages. Comforted by what is revealed to us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another. With these words, folks, God has revealed to us how the story ends. <laughs> we know where it's all going. We don't know everything. We look around us and we see such turmoil in the, in the world that we live in. We see so much taking place that it seems sometimes that there just is no hope. Well, there is no hope in the world. The burden might get heavy sometimes. You might be tempted to throw in the towel, to compromise, to give up on your stand because it would just make it so much easier. But what's God trying to do through you? Whose eyes are upon you? It might be your spouse. It might be your children. It might be your parents. It might be your next-door neighbor. Who's watching your life? What do they see when you're under that burden? And yes, maybe you do feel like giving up. Where do you turn? 
turn to the Savior, turn to the Scriptures. The Scriptures record things for us, and the Scriptures reveal things to us. Revelation chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that stood on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which were the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory to every creature which is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne. You see, folks, we know God has revealed to us in his word when you need comfort how do you find that comfort i don't care what it is you turn to the savior you look to jesus christ there's nobody there's nobody that knows what you're going through better than he does and there's nobody that wants to deliver you more than he does look to the word of god it's been recorded for us for our benefit to understand these things and he's revealed to us. He's told us, even by those revelations, the things that we look for, comfort one another with these words. Recognize where this is all going. You know the end of the story. You know you're going to be the victor. Stay on the path. There's one other thing that I see here. The Savior, the Scriptures, and the saints. <laughs> what did he say to us right there in our, in our, in our reading in, in, in 2 Corinthians? He said, you know, that... Look to God to comfort you so that you then can comfort someone else. In Acts chapter 28, are you willing? Are you willing to go through some difficulties and, and, and challenges in this life if God can use that to allow you to be there for somebody else when they really need it? In Acts chapter 28, in verse 15, and from thence... When the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appi Forum and the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. So many times 
It's what you'll see in somebody else that will give you the courage to keep going just as it did here. We find that the saints are comforted in order to be comforted. That's exactly what we just saw in 2 Corinthians. And also, if you look back a book in the Bible to 1 Corinthians, notice what he says in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. He tells us there in verse 15, I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints that ye submit yourselves unto such and to every one that helpeth with us and laboreth. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus for that which they lacking in your part, they have supplied. God uses the others. He says in verse 18, For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. Sometimes the devil would do everything he can, even with this group here this evening, anything that he could to drive a wedge, to put thoughts in your mind, anything that he can do to break up your being there. You see, there is nobody on this earth that you should be able to count on after the Savior in heaven and his word it ought to be those that have been born again. It ought to be those saints. It ought to be those that are in the, in the same battle with you. You're fighting on the same fi side. You're going to one day spend all of eternity together. We find here that sometimes you're comforted in order to be a comfort to somebody else. And I would just say this as we, as we try to wrap this up this evening, that so many times it's when people are really struggling and sometimes when people are struggling I, I i've got another sermon that i preached many 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 years ago and and it was on the things that we should never do when we're discouraged because so many times when we're discouraged it's not the time for us to be making decisions it's not the time for us to be doing things that that sometimes we just don't have the the right outlook on life the problem is when we see somebody struggling the natural thing in the flesh it's many times rather than to comfort is to condemn them <laughs> because when they're down, they might make some bad choices. They may do some things that they might be a Christian. They may be your brother or sister in Christ, but they may not be making the right choices with their life right now. It's easy to look and say, look how bad that is. But I'm saying to them that we ought to seek to be a comfort. In Romans chapter 12 and in verse 5, he says, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. There's something missing. You see, you can get a little glimpse of this in this life. I, I can promise you that one of the hardest things ever about being a parent, especially when they're so young and, and, and sometimes it's hard for them to to communicate, and, 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 and they're ill, and they're sick, and you just want so bad to make it go away, to take it away, and you can't. You can't do anything. You hurt because they're hurting. You feel ripped apart because of seeing them hurt. But folks, that's the way the family of God is supposed to be. We are one member, one of another. When one hurts, it all, when we see somebody else 
hurting and if they're falling and if they're getting ready to make a mess of their life because maybe they've been discouraged and they need comforting but instead all they're doing is being condemned by everybody else around them because they don't have every I dotted and T crossed like they should. There's a lot of Christians in this world. They need our comfort. They need our encouragement. They need our exhortation rather than just telling them how God awful that they are and how, how bad a job that they're doing. I can tell myself that every time I look in the mirror. Just saying the Word of God is encouraging us here to be there for one another. In 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, notice what he says here in verse 8. He says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. God has actually called you to be a comfort in others, and you'll, you'll be blessed for it. But it's part of our calling in life to be there one for another. Do you know that so many times people have trouble letting go of things? I know people have hurt you. I, I, I was talking to somebody this this week because I see it on this earth amongst families a lot of times. You know, family is special, and yet you see where, where one has said something or done something, and, and it's upset the other one, and they hang on to that thing. And, and so rather than getting it sorted out, they just don't see each other for months and for years and, and all of these things. And the same thing with the Christian family. Somebody looked at this person wrong, or somebody made a statement that, no, they shouldn't have made. They might actually have done something evil to you. The Bible saying, don't render evil for evil. Don't worry about trying to get even with them. You've got to realize, you know, if anything, have compassion upon them because maybe they're in that situation because the devil's got a hold on them right now and maybe they are beaten down and maybe they are discouraged and maybe they don't care like they should and maybe they are doing some things that they ought to. But rather than to condemn them and rather to try to somehow put them down because of it, try to comfort them, try to encourage them, Try to get them to do what's right. And over just a few pages in your Bible, in 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, and in verse 17, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? The Bible's asking a very straightforward question. If you're a Christian, you know, and, and you see your brother that's in need, and rather than trying to do something to help, you close up those bowels of compassion. Oh, you speak the language, you talk about all that you want to do and how you want to help and all of these things, but in fact, there's no action to back it up. It's bottom line saying, folks, don't go around claiming to be a Christian because if you see your brother hurting like that and you don't have compassion and care to try to do something for them, don't you dare say that the love of God is dwelling in you. So many times, so many times, it is beyond your strength. It's beyond any of our strength. 
Sometimes when we see that person, you see everybody, everybody is going to need comfort at some time or another. You're going to need it. The person sitting beside of you need it. Every member of our church family here is going to need it. Everybody needs it at some point. How can you find that comfort? Find it by looking to the Savior. The Savior is the place that we should always, that should be our first place, our first stop. He's the one that we know. Nobody loves us more. Nobody is able to do more. Nobody wants to do more than Him. Look to Him. Look to the Savior. Look to the Scriptures. That which has been recorded for you and that which has been revealed to you. That which has been recorded of what God has done in bygone years and that which has been revealed of what He's still going to do in the future. And look to the saints. Rather than looking to the world, you ought to be able to look to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And there ought to be that between us that is there that people know. They know that they can count upon you. They know that you're going to be there for them. You see, sometimes you go through the things you do that God can comfort you so that you can then be there to comfort somebody else. We need to be comforters, not condemners. People mess up. People mess up bad sometimes. Even Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. That ought to be our focus with one another. If I fall, if you fall, whoever falls, let's be there to be a comfort, to be an exhortation, to be an encouragement to lift the other one up when they fall. Father, we thank you this evening that as we look at this passage and we look all through your word, Lord, we all need comfort sometimes. We don't always know why we're going through the things, but, Lord, we can have confidence of knowing, Lord, that if you're allowing this in our life, it is for a reason, it is for a purpose. Help us, Lord. Help us when we need that comfort in our life, not to give up, not to throw in the towel, not to be so discouraged that we do the wrong things, but help us to look to the Savior, to look to the Scriptures, to look to the saints. Help us to be there, to be a strong community of believers, to be a strong church because we genuinely love and care for each other like you love us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.